Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Heine House Gaming and Tech Podcast. So good to see you. This is episode 65, recording August 20th, 2020. It is so good to have you. Uh, shout out to the amazing support right here. Boom. As you see on your screen from all of the patrons, I really want to give a shout out. I really want to thank you all for your support, for keeping the show alive and well. Um, where's my, where's my applause? Do you guys know it's tradition? It's tradition for me to wake up this, uh, this MacBook, this 2008 MacBook. There it is. It's loading. Here it is, baby. Oh yeah. Ground floor, main floor, game lofters. Thank you so much. Did a car vlog too. Uh, another car vlog this week. It was, it was pretty good for the, uh, the game lofters up there. I talked about corporate America. I went in ham, went in hard as fuck, hard in the paint. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes I get heated. I get heated with with stuff, um, and I just speak my mind. And so, yeah, that's gonna happen. So, uh, game lofters, if you check your Patreon, it's it's in your feed there. Um, yeah, so good, so good to be here. Let's talk about some random news before we get into some tech and some gaming and stuff like that. And then we have some uh, voicemails later on in the show that we'll get to. Sounds like a blast. Hey, the next Girl Scout cookie flavor to grace your mouth. It's coming. Are you ready for this? Drum roll. French toast. Oh, God. French toast in my mouth. French toast in my motherfucking mouth. Uh, yeah. Girl Scout cookies. The Girl Scouts of the United States of America on Tuesday announced that Toast Yay, that's the, that's the name of it, Toast Yay, a new flavor will be added to the 2021 cookie season lineup. The bread-shaped cookies look like miniature slices of French toast topped with icing. <gasps> Due to the pandemic, of course, Girl Scouts began offering uh, customers cookie care online where people could then go on and buy uh, cookies and donate to uh, their communities in need which is great. So next year, the youth organization will again embrace their entrepreneurship by selling cookies online through the, and actually I really do like that. I do appreciate that. That is nice because sometimes you just want to get them and you're like, "Wait, are they at the store?" I, I love having I just love knowing and having them available at a click. How about that? Actually, I have a screenshot. Let's take a look at the screenshot. Y'all y'all probably going to like this. Let me, let me start my backup recorder. Hold on. There it goes. All right, we'll start the show from here. If, in case it screws up. Check it out. Girl Scout cookie. French toast. Yeah. Toast yay. Boy, those look good, don't they? Yeah, let's just say I'm going to be buying some. Absolutely. That looks really, really good. Um, The world's last blockbuster. Yeah, there is actually one blockbuster store remaining. It's in Bend, Oregon, to be honest. Not necessarily my stomping grounds, but my my home state. Very interesting. Bend, great place. Eastern Oregon, beautiful place. Very deserty over there. Uh, love love Bend, but uh, they have a blockbuster store out there, and it's become it's become kind of this cult landmark destination because it is the last blockbuster. So people visit it and take photos, and there's lots of videos online and stuff. But what they're doing is they're creating a 90s-themed Airbnb living room inside the store that you can then rent out. Yes, it's real. It will be listed for 
for three one-night stays in September that includes an unlimited movie marathon in the living room. Store will be listed on Airbnb for three days. Um, and wait, this is crazy. Each stay, which includes access to unlimited movie marathon, will cost a mere $4 before taxes and fees. That's one penny more than the store's $3.99 rental fee for a movie. The announcement also came the same day that the official Blockbuster Twitter account put up its first tweet in six years. They said, quote, just checking in. How excited is that? Can you see how excited Bob is getting because of that? I think it's amazing. Did I even pause it? I don't even know if I paused it. I guess not. Um, so yeah, I have a screenshot of this. This is actually pretty amazing. You got to check this, this thing out. Look at this. Honestly, it looks just like a nineties themed, uh, where we go. Let's go over here to the iPad, a nineties themed living room. And I love these sheets too. Look at these sheets on the, the bed down here. Amazing. To be honest. Yes. And everyone had an entertainment center like that and a big ass TV or rear projector TV like that. Everyone had the Torgier lamps there in the, the background. I mean, like, this is this is amazing. Seriously, I would love to just go hang out there. It looks cool just to be chilling. I would, dude, we would play some N64 like a mad on that. Doesn't it look cool? Love it. Love it. Very, very cool. Um, I just put this in here because I think it's really, really funny. Um, a woman is, this is nothing related to anything that we're, that is on the podcast, but it's funny. It's a funny story. A woman is stunned by her new driver's license that came back with a picture of an empty chair. <laughs> what? I don't know why I find this so funny. Ten a woman in Tennessee is laughing after a critical error left her with a picture of an empty chair on her ID, on her driver's license. Um, she quotes, says, I was with my mom and we were just going to eat lunch and I said, you need to see this. This isn't right. Jade Dodd told CNN. Dodd had recently renewed her license in Hickman County. And when it came in the mail on Thursday, she was surprised to find that in place of her picture ID, there was a photo of an empty chair. Quote, the lady at the DMV did not really believe me when I was like, hey, I need my license fixed. Dodd said. And then she looked at it. And then looked at her system and goes, oh, I need my manager for this. <laughs> I have a picture of it. Don't worry. I'll show you. The Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security told CNN the error happened when the wrong image was captured and saved to Dodd's profile. Just just a, a saving error. Check this shit out. It's so funny. Love this. <laughs> it's an empty chair. Oh, boy. You look nothing like the picture. Imagine taking that to imagine that to uh, get carded at uh, the club. Yeah, so good, so good. And happy late birthday. Well, it's almost a month ago now, but whatever. <laughs> so good, love it. I, I just thought that was fucking hilarious. That won't happen very often, but so good. Okay, and we always usually talk about some sort of food before we jump in. Is Pokemon cereal? Do you guys remember when the last Pokemon cereal came out? It was in two thousand, I believe, was the year. And, um, but I think it was done by Kellogg's. I don't think it was done by General Mills, but General Mills 
They may have got the license or have done something because they are bringing back Pokemon cereal. It's coming. It's real. Um, Cereal Life on Instagram, that's the account that posted this, post a picture from the General Mills, uh, from General Mills, I guess. Last Pokemon was in 2000, the last cereal, of course. And then the name of it. What should the name of it be? I have a picture of it, but what should the na- what should the name of the new Pokemon cereal be? Fat Farm. Fat Farm? No, those, that's a brand of clothing. Did you know that? Yeah. Spell with a. Okay, you already know. Oh, is that what they are? Is that what I got? Yeah. Oh, I, we're gonna do it live. Thank you, Steph. Oh, and by the way, the po- the the uh, drunk friend podcast I'm gonna be on is next Thursday. And I said, I'm, I, I text him on here. I'm like, I'm standing by, ready to go. You know, and he's like, bruh, we'll see you next week. I go, yeah, no problem. I'm just here early. I'm making sure, you know, everyone's cool. I'm excited. I'm here a week early. So, uh, yeah. Um, so I decided just to roll, roll tape on mine and do this. Um, before we forget, so I got new glasses. We, Steph and I went and got our eyes checked, which is another story that I have next before we move on. But the Pokemon cereal, hold on. Hold on. Here we go. iPad. There it is. Pokemon cereal. What do you, it doesn't have a name yet. So I said to myself, what could it be named? I think, I think I have the perfect name. Yeah, but it should be called something. Pokemon something, right? I mean, don't you think? You're like, no, (laughs) no, I do have a brilliant name. You know, of course it's the family size. So are you guys ready for it? It should be called Pikachu. What? what? You don't like that one? Pikachu. <laughs> Spell with a C. It's Pikachu. See, look at it. I think the name of it should be Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Well. Whatever. Uh, yeah, it's going to go over well with the kids. Okay, so we went. So here's the story. So Steph and I, Stephanie goes, I'm going to get my eyes checked. And it's it's, it's been five years for her. And she asked me, how long has it been since you got your eyes checked? And I was like, hmm, that's a great question. I actually knew the answer right away. It's been 11 years. Can you, can I see? Now I understand why you're with me. What? Uh, uh, I don't know if you can hear that. She goes, now, now she understands why I'm with her. Don't say that. That's mean. It's bullshit. So, well, it's nice. Nice case, too. Yeah. Yeah, Fat Farm. I haven't worn Fat Farm since my uh, my days of being. Um... Hey, shut the fuck up! You with your comments. You know. You know what? Get the fuck out of here. She goes skinny since I was skinny. You know what? You know what? You're right. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I don't care because you know you like my dad bod. Dad bod, no kids. Okay. So yeah, but I used to wear uh, Fat Farm shoes all the time. They're really great. Um, so we went, so she went and got her eyes checked and how did it turn out for you? Good. Yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. Good. She said, yeah. So it was great. She got some glasses, which is wonderful. Slight deterioration. deterioration. Yeah. They noticed that her brain actually was more messed up than her eyes. So, (laughs) so, but they can't fix that. (laughs) They can't correct that. Um, so she got some glasses and so I was like, okay, cool. So I went in later on the same day. And I uh, got some glasses and I went in too. And a doctor was like, you haven't been to the eye doctor in over a decade. And I said, yes, sir. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, why now? And I said, well, because of that reason. 
I'm like, like, cause it's been 11 years, bruh. You know? And I go, I go, plus I, I just feel like, yeah, you know, if my eyes are deteriorating or more messed up, then let's, let's get some new, new shades. I've actually had these glasses, uh, for five years, five years. They're kind of like my little icon now, but you can't even buy them anymore. Zenny doesn't sell them anymore. It says that they were they're enjoying a much needed break, oh, my, retirement. The other pair I got said they were tired. Yeah, that's what mine said too. A much needed retirement. So anyway, we got our eyes looked at, and surprisingly, he said, "Wow, um, you're like one of the weird ones I've seen." But in eleven yeah. years, your eyes haven't changed all that much, and um, it just changed like one click, basically. So I was like, "Okay, cool." He did tell me I won't last another five years with it being like that. My eyes will be fucked up um, and probably start to deteriorate later. But that's life, right? As we get older, as we age, um, all of us have that happen. So anyway, I uh, got my little prescription and went out to the little thing. And, I, and my, you know, my my first instinct was I'm just going to go buy just a cheap pair of Zennies. But um, these were like 50 bucks. So I was like, let's just whatever. Let's just get a pair here or whatever. And then I'll buy the cheap, you know, $30 pairs or $20 pairs on Zenny. But I didn't know it was Fat Farm. So here we go. Okay, let's do it live. How are your glasses, love? Are they good? Do you like them? Yeah, I like mine a lot. Yeah, I had mine adjusted for like that. How do you really adjust these? These are all plastic framed. Well, there's middle in the middle between them. Oh, okay. Metal in the, metal in the middle. Sounds like a TV show. Malcolm in the middle. Yeah. So she says, like, you should come in to get them adjusted. I like them. They look nice. Yeah, they well, look nice. Just a fucking massive... Does someone does someone just take their um does someone take their Tennessee ID uh <laughs> fingerprint on these? It looks like it. Hot damn. So he said to me that the prescription is only moderately different. He goes, This will help you see a little bit further away, but it may be too strong for up close. And if they are, just try to get used to it. And if it's still not great, then you have to switch back and forth. Ugh. Yeah. Fuck that nonsense. I'll just go back to the other ones if that's the case. I'm not gonna switch this shit up. You, you Oh, free lens oh, great! No, I, I'm I, I'm Walmart. I'm Walmart sponsored. All right, here we go. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, they look good. They look yeah. They're bigger, aren't they? Much yeah. bigger. How do they, they feel? Do they feel loose? She tried to tighten it a little bit. I'm like, I don't know how much. Whoa. Is it different? No, but I can see better. <laughs> I mean, I actually can. Like further away. That's trippy. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. All right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like these ones. They're just a little bit too small for my frame because, you know, I have such a big fat fucking head. So, so I went with the fat farm. <laughs> That's where I am. The fatty farm. <laughs> then I'll probably have to enroll in the fat farm. Shit. Uh, yeah. No, they're um, they're lightweight and they don't put any pressure on the sides because I was starting to get headaches sometimes, you know. So we'll just rock with these. Oh, boy, this this is great. Things are so clear. It's nice. Okay. Thank you. Yours look good, too. I like those. Do you want to show everyone? No, you don't want to go on camera. Do you? It's 115. There she is. These are mine. New glasses. Yeah, they're cute. Oh, purple on the inside. Mine are red on the inside. So we're, we're, the, we're the duo. We're the team. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Thank you. I'm glad that they let you pick them up for me. Yeah, I was surprised. Was Did she be like? It, it was the same person I've been speaking to on the phone. She's been a house. Okay. Was she? Was she like? 
you have to answer some security questions? And she was like, was his head really fucking fat or not? Is that the question? No, that's cool. Thank you. Love it. I actually think these are going to be totally fine for all the time. Yeah, I might need to have mine. Because I always have an issue with um, of them falling down. You know, they drop down. So. Yeah, have them adjust it. Very cool. But let's go with that. Very cool. All right. Awesome. We're going to wear them for the rest of the show. Here we go. New glasses. All right. Um, let's move on to some gaming news. Um, I played Flight Sim, Microsoft Flight Sim 2020 for the first time. And let me just tell you something. Let me just tell you something. Microsoft Flight Sim 2020, in my opinion, is one of the absolute greatest games to come out in a long time. It is a- an absolute achievement in gaming. It's fantastic. I, I love it. I love it so much. The beauty of it, the the the, the audio, the sound design, the immersion, it's incredible. And I just have a real kind of entry-level cheapy Thrustmaster Hotas that I bought. And so I don't have the rudder pedals and whatnot, but I'm not taking full advantage of that. But again, this is very, just even on a, a basic entry-level thing, it's wonderful. Fantastic. I love it. Um, you do need a rock-solid PC to play this. I think it's optimized well, but I don't think it's fully optimized. And I say that because I have a rock-solid machine. Um, I have a 2080 a GTX 2080. I have 32 gigs of RAM. It's installed fully on my SSD. I have the Intel i9 8 core clocked at 4.2 gigahertz. It's a rock solid machine. And still, and again, the the processor and GPU both are sitting around 45% of usage. So it's not being taxed heavily, not even half um, on ultra settings. But still, I'm finding that there are some sort there are some frame rate issues here and there. But overall, it's pretty solid. When you bump up the uh, render resolution to like 200%, then it drops to like 15 frames and it's it's terrible. Like it doesn't even play. So, I mean, that makes sense. A lot of games are, are that way. But uh, when you leave it about 100%, it uh, is solid. Even if you bump it to like 99%, uh, you're going to get a really, really great frame rate. So check that out. Definitely check that out. I think um, I love it. I was actually streaming it on Twitch last couple of days and... Oh, it's great. It's great. And I don't say this very often, but again, I think this is, like I said, one of the greatest achievements in gaming and in many, many years, to be honest. It's so, so good. Um, and just so you know that it, it, it does use a lot of data because it grabs real-time data, real-time traffic and airline data from FlightAware. It grabs real-time weather. And also it is real-time online with all the players and AI traffic. So it pulls a lot of data and it has options in there to select how much data, which is really, really cool. So you can, um, you can uh, select how much like to cap it. And then when you get to that limit, it then stops and transitions over to this AI, which is great. Um, and just so you, just so you know, when I, I did a six, six hour stream of it the other day, it used about 15 gigabytes of data for the upload for me to stream that. That's that's basically me streaming and encoding it and sending the so I so I used about fifteen gigs. So just so you know, that's about what it is. And I'm streaming at 1080p 60, right? Most most streamers don't stream at at that, but um, I do because I just I love the high quality. So really really cool. Uh, speaking of Microsoft Flight Sim, actually a contributor to that series as well as many many others, 
uh, in the Microsoft family has unfortunately passed away. A longtime Microsoft employee um, who was an Xbox veteran, uh, Brett Schneff, worked on notable Microsoft products such as Microsoft Flight Sim, the Sidewinder controller, which was a very popular controller back in the 90s, um, and the launch of the original Xbox, which uh, he nicknamed the controller the Duke, a name that originated from his son, uh, who was very young at the time. The Duke remains one of the most controversial controllers in video game history, with editors at the time calling it too big and bulky. Uh, that said, the Duke did have his fans, and many of us had at least one friend who insisted on using it for Halo. This is true. Uh, it was later relaunched in 2017 and remains available to purchase today. Uh, Phil Spencer went on to say, incredibly sad news, a loss for everyone who knew Brett. Um, thoughts go out to his family. I remember Brett as someone who came at any challenge with energy, passion, and a desire to do what's right. Rest in peace, Brett. Thank you for the, the Duke controller and all of your contributions to the Microsoft family. Uh, 1998, Quake Arcade. You ever heard of Quake Arcade? There was a very limited run of original Quake games that was put onto, um, in an arcade cabinet. And it was called Quake Arcade. But it had some extremely difficult copy protection where you actually needed to have a physical dongle plugged into the computer in order for the software even to run. This was back in 1998. And um, a company called Lasertron was the company who released this arcade. Um, a full-size upright cabinet version of its shooter apparently came with a 27-inch 640 by 480 VGA display, a trackball for mouse look, and seven buttons for directional movement, shooting, jumping, and cycling through weapons. It ran on a custom PC known at the time as Quantum 3D Quicksilver Arcade PC. Uh, while it may sound impressive, it was really... Just remember, we're in 1998. It was really just a 266 megahertz Pentium 2 running under Windows 95, if you can believe it. Uh, a limited number of Quake Arcade tournament cabinets were made. And while a copy of the software has been available online for years, the emulator uh, wasn't able to run it. And they're trying to run it in MAME. Uh, again, like I said, the arcade cabinet came with copy protection that needed a dongle to be plugged into it. So it was very difficult to crack. But finally, after all these years... It was cracked. GitHub user Mills5, who uploaded a decrypted executable file. I actually have a picture of this arcade cabinet, and it looks awesome. Well, this one, I don't think this is one, this one actually, this is like the highest res photo I could find of one, but I think um, I think the, the, the actual, um, the panel board had a different graphic than that blue, because that looks kind of weird and out of place, but there it is, trackball. I bet you that thumb button there is jump. I want to. I want to believe it. Maybe it is. Maybe it's the left one, but very, very cool, right? Very, very cool. So it was cracked, so you can play it in Mame. I think it's awesome. I, I would love to actually download it and try it. It's basically, it's basically the first level of Quake with. Um, they have this really weird thing, like when you can pick up, um, what is it, coins or something like that. When you you kill enemies, they pick up things. It plays like the Microsoft like dun dun sound. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. You should go go watch some videos of it. It's super funny. But really cool bit of history there. Bit of tech, too. Um, is a new PS VR in the works? Is the PlayStation VR in the works? I mean, I want to believe so. Of course. Of course it is. But technically, is it? Because a recent posted job listing from Sony Corp in Japan 
confirms that the company is working on a next-gen VR head-mounted display. That's what they say, quote. The listing via Google Translate says, quote, we are developing a next-generation VR head-mounted display. That's what they said. The company is on the hunt for a team around 15 people that will be in charge of mechanical design of the lens barrel supporting the optical system, small and lightweight housing, heat radiation design, development of a jig for optical system evaluation, etc. So they're looking to do a test and try to find something to uh, to pretty much like put into play here. Create a jig, right? Create a mold and uh, test out the new VR. So is it for the PS5? Is it maybe for another device? I mean, what else could it be for, right? Are they going to have one for a smart TV or something? I mean, who knows? Maybe. But I would say it's for PlayStation 5 if I, if I was a betting man. Um, news about uh, G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe is coming back. G.I. Joe. I was waiting my whole life to use that. G.I. Joe Operation Blackout is a new team-based third-person shooter. It's coming to PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One October 13th. Ooh, that's right around the corner. Not that far away. Allowing you to play as 12 characters across Team Joe and Team Cobra. The game will feature 18 missions and a campaign, a single-player or local split-screen co-op, and a variety of PvP multiplayer modes. It's looking great. I watched the trailer. It's also online. Go take a look at it. Um, the game kind of seems to be taking that hero shooter approach with cell shaded almost borderland style graphics and um to be honest yeah it looks really good it really looks really good I, I like the way it looks so uh but go check out the trailer and uh, see what you think it's coming out in october so maybe we could hop in and play it i think it'll be fun um a bit of news on on nintendo here nintendo made a uh, a post uh talking about their um their profits their wins losses profits and they <laughs> I want to say this is going to, this is basically going to be, wow, what a year though, a year in history. This is something we're going to remember from years to come. In 10 years, in 15 years, in 20 years, we're going to look back at 2020 and we're going to think about a lot of different things. We're going to think about the pandemic. We're going to think about that. We're going to think about Animal Crossing and we're going to think about Nintendo Switch. And we're going to think about how everyone wanted one and couldn't get one how they were sold out everywhere and how Animal Crossing just exploded and how we all were, well, a majority of us were home playing it. And it's it's going to, mark my words, in 10 years and 15 years, we're going to look back and it's going to hold a very, I want to say special, but very, um, I don't even know what the word would be. It's a very interesting memory to have, right? Um, but we're going to look back on it and it will definitely be that of a memory because listen to this. Their profits were five times what they normally had uh, in comparison to last year. Animal Crossing sales crossed 22 million. Wow. And that's a quarter. Five-fold jump in quarterly profits. Wow. Of course, driven by Switch device sales and also Animal Crossing New Horizons. So it was, it was, it was a perfect storm in the fact that the world attempted to shut down to keep us safe and indoors when Animal Crossing came out that month. The sales of Switches went through the roof. They were unavailable. The game sold crazy. And, of course, you can buy that game digital. 
And that's what a lot of people did because you're not going to find the physical copy of it in the store anywhere. So Nintendo, they've proved themselves to be a winner during this pandemic as a stuck at home. All the stuck at home gamers flock to those titles and play that. Um, damn, insane. 428% higher in profits in the first quarter alone compared to last. Wow. Wow. That's insane. I think we all kind of knew that in the back of our minds because we're like, yeah, I mean, everyone's playing Animal Crossing, right? I mean, it makes sense. Just crazy stuff. Crazy. Um, that's some gaming news. A lot of gaming stuff in there, huh? huh? Let's talk about some tech news. Now, remember, I think it was last year when I talked about a BlackBerry coming back. Remember TCL? They took the, the initiative to make BlackBerry phones again. I think they had the license to do so. Well... The, I don't know. Did that go over well? Because I didn't see anyone with, with a BlackBerry phone. But uh, news is that they might be coming back again. They left? Looks like BlackBerry hardware is back from the brink of extin extinction once again. Today, the security startup Onward Mobility announced plans to release a new 5G BlackBerry smartphone with a physical keyboard. Physical keyboard, folks. We're going back in time. That, that's that's the iconic look of the BlackBerry. Is that physical keyboard, man? It is. It is. I mean, when are they going to ditch that? I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like that's an iconic thing for them. Um, yeah. Um, it may sound familiar, right? Because a few years ago, BlackBerry seemed to be a thing of the past. But then a year later, we were talking about TCL. And they agreed to manufacture two BlackBerry branded phones. Uh, oh, it's what it is. TCL decided not to renew the deal. That's what it is. So they decided not to renew the deal, and they went with this new upstart, Onward Mobility. So we'll see what happens. No other news or release date was given, but they are currently working on it, and we will see what happens with that. Uh, are you a BlackBerry user? See, I don't think there's a lot of people that use Blackberries anymore. I mean, I don't know. It's crazy. When you think about, when you think about smartphone, well, think about it. It would basically be like a smartphone touchscreen, but with a physical keyboard. Does that interest you? I don't know. I think that's interesting. I don't know that it interests me that much. I kind of would rather have the full screen real estate for, you know, for touch. But uh, you never know. Uh, probably the biggest bit of news that has happened this week is that um, Epic <laughs> sues Apple and also Google. That happened later. Fortnite drama. Fortnite on the on the phones. In-app purchases, getting around Apple and Google's cut of what they take from purchases. Listen to this. You already, most people already know about this, but if you haven't heard about it, check this out. It all started when Epic published a blog post on Thursday morning. This was last week, Thursday morning, announcing a permanent 20% price drop on V-Bucks. That's Fortnite's in-game virtual currency. Okay. It was immediately available on every platform. For mobile players, though, there was a slight difference. Epic allowed you to buy V-Bucks at the new cheaper rate by going through its own payment system. Or you could use Apple and Google payment systems to get them, but it would be at a higher price. Why is it a higher price? Is because Apple and Google take a percentage. They take a cut of every online in-app sale. Okay. What happened then? That direct payment system was in violation of App Store policies on both mobile platforms that they had. So Apple and Google both said that is a violation of our policy. You can't do that. 
On the afternoon of August 13th, Apple banned Fortnite. Wow. Just one minute later, Epic then announced... It's all time-stamped here. 2.53. It was later then announced from Epic. A 1980 Fortnite. A short that clearly looked to parody Apple's famous 1984 ad, which is said it would be premiering in-game at 4 p.m. Eastern in Party Royale. They do this in-game. You can go into the game, and they have, like, events, concerts. They have showings. They show, like, you know, short, like, little movie clips of their characters, you know, like, shorts, movie shorts. And it's pretty cool. So they do this in game. So they were telling people to get in there at this time. There's going to be an event. Um, and so it was an ad and kind of parody uh, did a parody of Apple's famous 1984 ad. Um, so 29 minutes after that, Epic announced it was suing Apple and linked directly to the legal papers in, in a tweet from the main Fortnite Twitter account, which had more than 11 million followers. Wow. This is really going down. This is a big one. I mean, Epic suing Apple and Google, the two biggest companies on the planet. This is crazy news here. And then shortly after that Apple announcement, Google kicks out Fortnite too. So Google then kicked him out right after. And they're also going to be sued by him. So they're going in. I can't believe it. Think about that. You got to have, you got to have some fucking balls of steel to take on um, Apple and Google can't even imagine, but they're going to, um, speaking of, uh, apps uh, and Android devices, you can now run with, with new windows update, mind you, you can new, you can now run Android apps side by side in windows 10. This is actually really, really cool. And I think it's a big win for Android users. Microsoft is now allowing windows 10 users to run Android apps side by side with windows applications on a PC. It's part of a new feature in the Your Phone app available to Windows 10 users today. And it builds upon the mirroring of Microsoft's Your Phone app already uh, that's already available in the system, in the OS. You can now access a list of Android apps in Microsoft's Your Phone app and launch these mobile apps accordingly. These will run in a separate window outside of your phone app mirrored by your phone. Is that not amazing? That is the coolest thing. The new Android app support support also allows Windows 10 users to multitask with other Windows apps. You can also alt tab, yes. So you can alt tab on these too. Um, you'll you'll even be able to pin these Android apps to the Microsoft 10 taskbar and start menu. Holy shit. Think about that. So you can have your phone there. All right. You can pin your favorite apps on your Windows 10 machine and you can launch them from the computer and use them side by side, like in, like a real program. I, I think that's actually really cool. You know, originally, originally when I was thinking, remember we were talking about Apple, we were talking about how they're, they're making um, iOS and their, their OS, um, Mac OS for their computers, their laptops and desktops, iMacs things, making them more uniform so that you can just launch apps from either or. That's kind of like the new trend. And at first I'm like, I don't know if that I'd really want to run my apps from my phone on my computer. And then I realized something and I was like looking at the apps that I use and the, the, the stuff that I use every day on a regular basis. And I'm like, actually, no, I would, I would actually like that. It'd be cool to like pop open the, the weather app real quick, check weather, you know, uh, pop open the news app, pop open this, this, um, you know, resource or like, like banking real quick, or, you know, I could do, 
I actually think that'd be kind of cool. Sure. Can I just open up a, a tab and go to the website? Yeah, of course. And, you know, that's cool. But I actually kind of like the sound of this. And I think, I think I wasn't looking at the bigger picture because I hadn't used it yet. I hadn't done it. And I still haven't. But I think if you actually put it into play and looking at it as a feature, something that take it or leave it, it's there if you want to use it. Don't have to if you don't want to. I like that. I think it's pretty cool. So I think it's a big win for Android users on Windows 10. Very, very cool. I bet your fucking ass will never see Apple do that on uh, Windows 10. Never. Never. But hey, what can you do? What can you do? You know, we're just living, we're just living life. Uh, Twitter could face $250 million fine from the FTC for using phone numbers to target ads. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Twitter disclosed in a regulatory filing that it could face a fine of $250 million from the U- from U.S. authorities over its use of phone numbers and email addresses to target advertisements. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Never saw this shit coming. Never saw this coming. Dude, they all do this. They all fucking do this. Twitter received a complaint from the Federal Trade Commission on July 28th alleging it had used data provided for safety and security purposes for targeted advertising during periods of between 2013 and 2019. You fucking assholes. So they're, they're using the phone number. Let me just break this down in case, in case that didn't make sense. When you sign up, when you put two-form authentication on your, on your account to do the right thing, to do the right fucking thing, to secure your account, to lock down your account, so that when somebody has your password and they try to log into your account, you get a notification on your phone that says, it sends you a text message and it says, hey, are you trying to log in from this place? Why don't you authenticate it? It's a security measure. So you're like, you know what? I'm really glad that I put my phone number in on Twitter to better fight security for just this instance. I'm doing my part. I'm doing a great thing. Well, Twitter decided to take those phone numbers out of context and use them to target advertisements to you from 2013 to 2019. Let's see. I'm not real smart at math, but 2013... 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fucking years they were doing this. Bruh. What's wrong with you? What's this bullshit? What's this bullshit? You know, they all do this too, man. Facebook, Twitter. I all do this. That's some horseshit. The social media company admitted last October. Oh, this is great. The plot thickens that it had inadvertently, in quotes, inadvertently targeted ads. <laughs> I can't even fucking read it. Oh, we inadvertently did it for seven years, and uh, well, it was just it was just perfect timing. Oh well, uh, we inadvertently made the mistake for seven years. You guys are dicks. That's such horse shit. You don't inadvertently make a seven-year mistake. Okay? You don't do that for seven years. It was, it was great. They loved it. 
They loved it. <laughs> Steph goes, I have. It has, it has been about seven years. Yeah. Well, time to pack it up. <laughs> time to go. <laughs> yeah, I love you too. Love you too. She's full of jokes tonight. Someone get her a microphone. Uh, the FTC confirmed on Tuesday that it's investigating Twitter. The agency previously reached a $5 billion settlement with Facebook. Remember, we reported about that last year. The largest fine on commissions uh, in the commission's history over the company mishandling the user's data. $5 billion, which is just pocket change for Facebook, but they got fined $5 billion. Well, guaranteed someone at the FTC is buying a new house with that. Guaranteed. Uh, yeah. You know what? That's 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 terrible. That's terrible that Twitter's doing that. For seven years, man. This just goes to show, folks, that no matter what, no matter what happens, your data, your data is not ever secure. Oh, fuck. Sucks. All right, let's jump into the... Uh, the Heine House Hotline. We got some voicemails to take. 503-908-5490 is the phone number if you want to get at me. And if you're out, if you're out of uh, the U.S. and it's long distance, you don't have to call. That's totally fine. Just send me an email. Record yourself on your smart device, on your computer, on your phone, whatever. Just record yourself and email it on over. Uh, HeineHouseLive at gmail.com. That's the email. I'd be happy to take it. How's that sound? All right, so let's jump in. Looks like we got one from the, from the man himself. You guys know who. Cam the man, the voicemail maniac. I'm just, you know, checking out my fat farm case here. Pretty cool. I like it. I like it. I like my new glasses. They're they're bigger. I like that. Less less pressure on the head. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Oh, hold on. Let me pause this. Hold on. Let me let me stop my mirroring so I can send the audio to the right place. Boom, bada boom, wham, da bam. There it is. Hey, what's going on? Uh, this is the voicemail maniac here. He is. Um, a few things. Hopefully, I'll keep this as concise as possible so I don't ramble on too much. But uh, first of all, just uh, listen to the last episode and congrats to Percy. There's uh, nothing better than getting a job when you make yes. the necessary changes and you do it all on, you know, with your own, uh, um, I don't know, you put your best foot forward and yeah, you get man. the job, you know, it's just a great feeling. Um, second thing, uh, just talking about the pocket. Uh, I'm not super, super angry about it, honestly. I mean, yeah, in, in the scheme of life, I mean, geez, I'm just happy, happy to be alive, employed, that sort of thing. It is frustrating, though. I just don't understand the, the kind of the whole idea of these pre-orders. I feel like they're kind of, I'm not sure why they would do it, but I feel like they're kind of uh, limited on purpose. They kind of hold things back or only make a few just create hype. Maybe I'm wrong. I would, but you know, I don't think you're wrong. Money. Why would you just uh, gauge the interest of the people who want it, who are actually willing to pay you for a product that doesn't come out for um, almost a year? You know, why wouldn't you just take their money and uh, produce as many as, as that were ordered? I agree. You have the money for it. Yes, so. 100% agreed. I don't know. It's just kind of strange. It is. I don't understand it, but... Um, I'm with you, man. Lastly, sure. I have one quick story for you. Oh, good. So, when I was a kid, um, I'm sure, sure you, you remember this because we're about the same age. Um, 21. You know, to get a Super Nintendo game or Genesis game, um, I guess more so Super Nintendo... They were pretty expensive, you know, like all the RPGs, the ones that had more memory were, 
usually around 70, 80 bucks, maybe even more for like the, you know, Ultimate World Mortal Kombat 3, maybe Killer Instinct. But yeah, anyway, it's like so 90 bucks. I was super hyped. I ended up getting Breath of Fire 2 uh, in middle school because I was got to, got to be first chair cello in the middle school orchestra. So my mom got me Breath of Fire 2. And then all of a sudden, after about a few months of owning it, it just wouldn't play. Mm. And in, in fact, every cop. Uh, every Capcom game I had wouldn't play on my Super Nintendo. Um, I figured that out, you know, after playing a, a friend's game or trying to play a friend's game. So I ended up selling that game to my friend because, of course, you know, it was a lot more expensive to buy a new Super Nintendo back then. They worked on his but, system, um, though? Have you ever heard of that happening? You know, for some strange reason, I just could not play Capcom games on my Super Nintendo, and it just happened out of the blue. I haven't even looked it up on the Internet. I've just been kind of, I don't know. Just a weird memory. But, uh, wow, that is weird. Sorry for rambling, per usual. Uh, hope you have a great uh, rest of your week. Um, and dig the podcast, as always. And uh, you guys take care. Thank you, Cameron. Always good to hear from you. No, I've never actually heard of specifically Capcom games and not working on a system. So you sold it to your friend, but it worked on your, on your uh, friend's console? Boy, that's weird. That's weird to me. I have... I have heard of the only thing I've heard of, and I've heard that Genesis had issues with some of their later model consoles, like um, the Genesis 3, the miniature one, the smaller one. I have heard that sometimes those consoles had issues playing the SVP chip games, like Virtual Racing and some others, uh, that used a different processor, where I don't know that if if all the hardware from the version one or two, even two Genesis was in the gen three or the slim or whatever it's called. I think it's called the Genesis three actually. Um, so that's the only thing I've heard of sometimes, but never Capcom. No Capcom, I think did use a proprietary actually now thinking about this, you guys are going to have to correct me. I didn't look it up either camera, but I think, I think Capcom specifically did use some sort of proprietary chip Gosh, I did a video about Capcom. No, I did a video about Super FX chip on my YouTube channel 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I did an overclocking, which is actually a video that people seem to really like. It's pretty popular. Um, did a video about overclocking the Super FX chip video. And in that video, I talked about Capcoms briefly. And from what I remember, Capcom does use some sort of proprietary chip in their game. So maybe, maybe it's some sort of compatibility issue with your console's hardware that prevents it from reading or processing data from that chip. I know this is super geeky and techie, but that might, that might be why that's happening. I have never, ever heard of, of a, of a Super Nintendo not being able to read only Capcom games. Like, like you plugged in Mega Man X or X2 or something and it worked or didn't work. Like that's really trippy to me. And it worked on your friend's console. That's tripping me out. I don't know, man. Really, really weird. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, and I agree with you completely about the, uh, analog pocket. I have been saying this for years. I've been saying it for years. Nintendo does the same thing. Now I'll give them some slack about during the pandemic, not being able to have enough switches out. They couldn't have foreseen that. So I'll give them that credit. Of course, there's no way, no way they could have judged that. But I will say that they, they have done this as well. It's like, Hey, we ha you have people in droves that are wanting to throw money at you and buy your product and 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 play 
play these games, play on the hardware. It's like they have they have ownership of all these IPs, right? I'm talking about Nintendo. They have I, they have ownership of all these IPs, and here we are still with it completely like stagnant. Like now is the time. Push these games out. Let people buy them. Like let's play. Let's get Star Fox going. Let's get Metroid going. Let's get F Zero going. Let's get you know just don't just push Mario and Zelda. Like push others. Like you have this whole ecosystem. Uh, you make the games. You own the games. Give us the games. Like right. And even going back to the Super Nintendo Classic, I think that was a great move. It gave that was a great, great move. So like, let's keep it going. Let's keep the momentum. Keep the momentum going for sure. But I agree completely with you, dude. Why not? Why didn't Analog just say like, look, okay, we sold out of our pre-orders, or we only were going to make a thousand, and we have you know people that want five thousand of them. Like, I get it. You might not be able to meet demand, but like, let's let's put it on paper and say we were overwhelmed by the support. We are going to work doubly hard to make this happen because we have we have taken your money. You have given us your money. You have shown interest. You've said, I want one, and I am willing to invest early to tell you I want it. So, like, dude, if anyone's throwing their money at me, you know what I mean? Like, that just makes sense. Like, do, do, do it. Just do it. What, 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 what's wrong with you? All right, let's hop into another. This actually, this uh, I'm not sure... It looks like a story time. This is a long one. This is an eight minute, eight minute. Um, hey, what's going well, on? Not that one. That's Cameron. We already did Cameron. Hey, Cam. Good to see you again. This is an eight minute voicemail. And uh, I'm super excited. It says, hey, Jason, Ryan here. Okay, so it's from Ryan. Uh, let's see. Let's take a look here. Oh, no, this is, uh, this is, oh, no, this is Ryan. With a freeway story, it says. Hey, Jason, Ryan here with a freeway story. Okay, great. It's freeway minute. Let's check it out. Thanks for calling in, Ryan. Let's talk. Hey, Jason. Uh, it's Ryan here again. Uh, I got another freeway story for you. Yes. Um, but before I get to the story, I just wanted to say, uh, yeah, I knew you were from Oregon uh, and that you're from the Clackamas area. Um about four or five years ago, I had the pleasure of meeting you and Stephanie at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Oh, great, great. And I had such a great time chatting with you guys, and it was really quite a highlight for me. Um, so, you know, that, that was really a fun time. Oh, great, so, man. Thank you, Ryan. My freeway story comes, uh, comes to you courtesy of my coworker. Uh, several years ago, he had a friend that was dating a girl that they both knew, and turns out this girl's parents were loaded with cash. So his friend decides to marry this girl. They get married, but it only lasts about six months. Wow. During the divorce process, my coworker's friend had been moving and hiding a bunch of furniture from his soon-to-be ex-wife. Oh, no. Um, and the couch and love seat that he had stashed away were really super expensive, and apparently they were like at least a couple thousand dollars each piece. Oh, yeah. So expensive stuff. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, the day came to move the furniture, and they... Loaded up the couch and loved seat. I know where this in the is back going. Of a pickup truck. Yeah. And my coworker <laughs> followed his friend in his friend's vehicle. So it wasn't my coworker's vehicle. It was his friend's vehicle. He was following him. And since they were in such a big hurry, my coworker's friend didn't bring any rope to tie down the furniture. So he decides <laughs> to tape it down no. instead, uh, thinking that that would hold it. It won't. Uh, tried to get on the 205 freeway. Air doesn't. So far, so good. Yeah. My coworker looks down and realizes that his speed is rapidly increasing and he says oh boy this is not good 
And so as soon as he finishes that sentence, he looks up and he sees the couch and the love seat go flying into the air and comes crashing down onto the freeway. <laughs> oh, man. My coworker doesn't yeah. have enough time to react and swirl around the couches. He ends up plowing right through them. Oh, my God. Destroying them. And uh, my coworker said, his friend asked him, well, why did you avoid hitting the couches? And my coworker says, I didn't care. It wasn't my car. So <laughs> oh. anyway, uh, kind of kind of a crazy story. But uh, anyway, uh, I appreciate you letting me share my story. And I uh, hope you have a great week. And I'll talk to you later. You too, Ryan. Thank you. I think that is like the story that echoes and, and brings truth to any and everyone who have moved furniture. It's like our worst nightmare. I think the best thing we can do is to always go and invest in tie downs and bring them with us. But what is the deal? This is not the first time that that has happened. I mean, you think about it. Why is it when we go move furniture or we're doing this, we're like, oh, we don't have the tie downs. We just forget them or whatever. <laughs> it's so good. I love the freeways. Actually, did I, did I tell you the one of the, the little tykes? Did I? Ma I'm asking like you guys can respond to me, and I'll hear you. Uh, but did I talk about the Little Tykes car bed incident on the uh, 205? Same freeway, right there in Happy Valley. I don't know if I talked about that. Same, very similar issue. So my younger brother Kyle had a Little Tykes Ferrari like car bed. You go look it up. Go to Google and type in Little Tykes Ferrari car bed. Actually, I can do it right here for you. I'll pull it up. So he had this this car bed as he was a kid. It's great. It's a great bed. Um, they're actually, I think they're, they're kind of, uh, sought after. They're, they're very iconic and classic. Um, Tykes car bed red type in as mu as many, um, keywords as I can to get a picture of it for you. But what's nice. Yeah, here it is. It's so cool. It's an amazing bed. Absolutely amazing bed. And, uh, pull up the picture. Let me pop open the iPad so you can see it. So there it is. It is a great, great bed, and it had the hood can come off in the front, and it has storage in the front. There's a picture showing it. See, you can put your your toys and stuff. It had a rear wing where you can put stuff on on the top and bottom. It had chrome wheels. It's really, really cool. Beautiful bed, right? My, I mean, we, my my younger brother, as a kid, we had it and and slept in it. And in fact, even through high school, he slept in that bed through high school. 18 years old, the man's still sleeping in it. You know, it was a great bed. I honestly wish I still had it. I think it's really cool. So here's what happened with this car bed. It breaks up into four pieces, all right? The front clip, the, the sides, and then the back. It's all like one piece, and they kind of just snap, and they clip in together, right? So here's what happened. So we are moving this car bed. We are moving it, and we put it. My uncle came over, and we put it in the back of my dad's Ford Ranger, and same thing, Ryan. Same thing happened. For some odd reason, we don't have any tie-downs. Where are the tie-downs? We don't have any tie-downs. But my uncle has bungee cords. Well, that's all we have to use. That's what we're going to use. It's not smart. First of all, this bed is extremely light. It's all plastic, and it's hollow. Dude, that is a recipe for disaster on a freeway. And we just didn't think about it, but it that's what happened. We put the bed in the truck. All right. And we start driving. We get on the freeway. Dude, we were 45 miles an hour. Maybe not even that. 
We're driving. I'm behind it. I see the bed start to just, you know, just like hit the truck. It's starting to flap around. Dude, do you see the size of this bed? What do those also resemble? Um, I don't know. Maybe wings on a fucking airplane. That bed became an airfoil. And those, the sides of that bed shot up in the air. It just goes whoop straight up. And I'm driving and I'm like, oh shit. It was like slow motion. It was flipping in the air. It hit the freeway, cars everywhere. Now, luckily, luckily, we didn't hit any cars or anybody or do any damage or hurt anyone. Lucky. So lucky. But that those those wings hit the ground. Bam. They slammed on the ground. And they just started sliding all over the road, right? Because it's plastic. They're just like, and it slid off into the grass. And dude, we were just like, oh my God. Cars were driving up next to my dad's Ranger. And we're like honking, like, eh, eh, like you lost your bed. And, <laughs> and my uncle's girlfriend was in the car driving. And she was literally just like white knuckling the steering wheel, looking straight forward. Like, I cannot believe this happened. It was so crazy. Oh my gosh. So funny. So yeah, dude, is, is that not like the PSA for everyone who's moving furniture? Like, dude, go buy tie downs. Why don't we ever have tie downs? I have no idea. I, I have no idea. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Ryan. I always love these great freeway stories. Okay. And now to, uh, to wrap up the voicemails, we have another one here. It came through on Facebook, uh, which is great from my friend, Andrew. And this one here, it's an audio clip. This is uh, almost nine minutes long. So this is, a, this is a long one. This is great. So let's sit down with Andrew and have a chat and see what's up. Thank you for the voicemail, Andrew. Hey, Jason. Uh, Andrew here. You used to know me as Chris uh, when I was doing my call-ins earlier. But uh, so you sound familiar for reasons I'll explain in a moment. Uh, I just wanted to not kill the vibe on this podcast, but uh, tell my story briefly as I can. Um, about my experiences in the last couple years um, and mostly the last two months or so. Throughout my childhood, as far as I can remember, I was often emotionally neglected by my parents, um, bullied and abused by my brothers, and physically abused and tormented by my dad. And my mom turned a blind eye and lived a life of denial, still does. In the interim, for two months, I was staying with my family. I had made a lot of mental health improvements in the time, the several years I lived away from them, and had come to acknowledge through counseling that I was the victim of narcissistic abuse. I was the family black sheep, the family scapegoat. I have dealt with massive self-esteem issues and confidence issues, self-image problems, um, and my family has been incredibly limiting on my mental health and well-being. So during this visit, my brother assaulted me several times, many things like that, um, and tried to convince me that I was wrong, that they were abusive, um, that I was the one that was sick, so on and so forth. Um, and this has been going on my whole life. Um, my ex, you know, this isn't like gender political or anything like that. I understand that women are abused by men in relationships all the time, so it's not a statement on that. But I was tormented, cheated on, um, and uh, because and had mental health issues because of that. And uh, I took a break and moved so that I could 
get away from her, detox from that relationship, and better myself to be a better father. Um, I was very involved in his life and a good father up to that point. And she went, I support that. I think it's the right thing to do. And then had a no contact order put on me without asking or telling me about it and uh, tried to cut contact for me and my son. Um, I haven't seen him in person in about two years, so I miss him quite a great deal. I found I was attracted to all of these relationships or friendships or whatever where I was the little dog getting humped by the big dog, basically. Um, Because of my self-esteem and confidence issues and because I thought so little of myself that I thought I was scum, basically, and allowed other people who were also feeling terrible about themselves. So the YouTube community since 2012 has been a massive refuge during that difficult period. This all-gen gamers and happy console gamer, MJR, um, that was kind of a refuge for me um, going before even any of that. And then uh, I've just been kind of a, you know, idle member of the YouTube game, retro gaming community for about eight years now. But this podcast, which I consider a spiritual successor to AGG, has absolutely been a refuge and a safe place for me to go. Um, And uh, I just want people to understand that uh, they might not know if they're a victim of narcissistic abuse. They might not, especially in the pandemic where they're forced to stay at home, or they were at least, um, with possible abusers. There is a way out. Um... But you need to go see someone to talk to that knows about this. I recommend looking up uh, YouTubers that talk about narcissistic abuse and people with narcissistic personality disorder. But abuse goes beyond just that. That's just the you know personality disorders the people that abused me had. But it runs the gamut. Um, There's many kinds, right? Yeah. And uh, right now, I'm on a diet. I'm working out like a motherfucker. Um, I'm trying to contribute to the community more. And I'm starting to see a version of myself that I'm proud of. Yes. And so I've cut contact with these people, my family. Exactly. You have to. Decisions are hard to make sometimes to better your life. Um, But if you have goals, have dreams, and then work to achieve them, work your ass off. Fuck the haters, and sometimes the haters are the people that are closest to you, and that's a painful pill to swallow. Yes, thank you. But I promise that living like this for 28 years or longer, Mm -hmm. and maybe some of the people listening have experienced things like this. I'm sure they have. Maybe Jason has. Maybe Stephanie has. Who knows? But uh, find the things you love. Dive into them. Surround yourself with people that care about you. There are kind people out there. Know the signs. Know the red flags to get out of disastrous relationships. And surround yourself with love and people that will push you in a positive way. And uh, right now I'm writing short film screenplays. I'm finding my love for gaming again. Um, You know, antidepressants have been helpful. But meditation has been incredibly helpful. And uh, there is a life beyond living like that. And, uh, I mean, that's just a brief summary of my story. I don't mean to 
derail the podcast. Um, Not at all. I just wanted people to know that I guarantee there is a way out of that situation. If you're in an abusive situation or if you just don't feel good about yourself, you are strong enough to make changes. They're just hard to do. But it's not as hard as living like that. Mm-hmm. Love you all. Love the podcast. Thank you for giving me a platform to share this. Take care, guys. Andrew, thank you. Thank you for sharing your pretty much life story. The 28 years built up that shows so much strength and wisdom. And I'm thankful that you're able to get to that point. Now, some people actually don't ever get to that point until it's too late. We love you too, man. Uh, this, this platform, although is intended to on the surface be for gaming and tech and comedy and fun, it can be so much more than that. And I know that. That's why I continue to sit here. You then are able to share your story with me and with the listeners and, and others who need to hear it as well. When you do that, and whether it be the moment, the week this podcast comes out or in 10 years down the road, there will be other people who will listen to this and say, I needed to hear that because audio is a snapshot in time. I've said this in the past. I've said this before, and I will say it again in this exact situation because this is this is the exact situation that it applies to. You said it in the in your in your uh, your voicemail. It's a very hard pill to swallow, but just because, just because they're your family, just because they're the people that gave birth to you, just because they're the people that raised you, just because they're the people that take care of you. It doesn't actually make them good people. That's a very difficult one to accept. That is just the reality of it. We all have parents. They're just people like everyone else. Some have this way of thinking, that way of thinking. They make these choices, that choice. Some good, some bad, again. And as we're young, as we're being raised, we believe that our parents, the people that take care of us, the people that raise us. Some people are raised by their grandparents or aunts and uncles. Sometimes people are raised by neighbors or complete strangers even. You know, sometimes that's the case. We're led to believe that these people are perfect as young kids. We look up to them. We mimic them. We emulate them. We take everything that they say as truth. And the unfortunate reality is, is that that is just not great in some cases. I think speaking your truth like this and continuing to speak your truths, again, help so many people you don't realize it. And it may just be a little small thing, but when you speak your truth, you speak your story, you share your mind, and you speak clearly with honesty and integrity, that means something to people. It does. It really does. When you can actually do that, So I appreciate you being so brave and stepping up and speaking your mind openly and publicly here on the show. You're helping many, many other people right now. And that is extremely important. Now, I may not always have the best advice. I may not have the the right answers. I may not have any answer. I just speak my mind and I say what I need to say. 
of just whatever's going on inside here, whether that be right or wrong, and you can take or accept. You can accept what I say or, or reject what I say, and I, it's totally fine with me. The reality is, is that I want this to continue to be a place for people to share their their truths, if you so choose to. And we'll be here to listen and, and, and discuss it. You always have a friend over here. That's just the reality. You talk about the show has been, you think it's a spiritual successor to AGG. That makes sense. That would make sense. And I appreciate hearing that. And I'm still here. Look who's here taking your call. Look who's still here hanging out with you. Me. Because I want to. Because I appreciate you guys. And I want to continue to learn from you. I want to continue to grow with you and also give you a platform. If I can take my small slice of whatever I have created over here at Heine House as a whole and share it, then we've done something great. Andrew, I appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations on your strength. Congratulations on your your diet and your working out. You're getting back into gaming. You're finding your loves and passions again. It's amazing what happens when you're suppressed, isn't it? It's amazing how you feel when you're suppressed. I'm so glad you could rise above that. Andrew, love you, brother. Thank you for the voicemail. My goodness. My goodness. With that said, I'm going to give a big love, big shout out to all the patrons here. Let's pop in the round of applause. Yes. Really appreciate I just appreciate everyone for listening, taking the time out of their day to spend it with us here. You never know what's going to happen on the show. And that's the beauty of it is you just never know. Yeah. And that came over Facebook messenger too. So that's a great one too. If you want to record yourself and send it to Facebook messenger, that's easy to do as well. So I'll, I'll accept questions there too. This is my first one on there. <sighs> my Facebook messenger is full of people trying to spam me and hack me. I have a great, I have a great one, man. I have a couple of great ones that we're going to share. I'll probably do a live stream showing the conversations. Unfortunately. Oh, and I meant to mention it too. Steph, I meant to mention. Yeah, uh, you know uh, uh, Naomi, the, my girl, my wife, my new wife? Her name's Naomi on here. My, my, uh, my new wife, we became, we, we got married, I think, two days ago, I think. We got married, I think, two days ago. Unfortunately, well, she broke up with him because her account got banned. It finally happened. <laughs> Damn. But I have the whole conversation saved, so we'll definitely go through it. But so I'm divorced now. So if you're looking to, you know, shack up, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm single, ready to mingle. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Facebook husband, to like six people now. It's great. Yeah. I've tunnel and funnel. I'm, I'm all for it. Um, okay. Let's wrap it up folks. Thanks for listening. Had a great time. Thanks for being here. Heinehouse.com is a website. Of course, thanks again to all the patrons up here. Ground floor, main floor, game loft. Brandon, George, Aaron, Luke, Justin, appreciate you all. Hope you have an amazing rest of your week, and we will see you on the next episode. Bye now.